Okay, hi, this is Kim Roby and... I'm Nicola Roby. And we are doing our podcast about my traumatic brain injury, just so we have a record of everything before it gets all too far away and if any of our friends, family or anybody else is interested in the topic, there's a uh, lot of interesting information. Yeah, um, I wrote a a couple of poems, I guess, (laughs) while you were... Out cold. Um. So we should recap a little bit. Um, <laughs> so after I had my big fall down the stairs and was off to hospital, it was a, the last uh, episode of this podcast. We spoke about how I was slowly coming around, but I was they kept on resedating me because I was getting agitated and grabbing at my tubes and all that kind of stuff. So I was just languishing away in hospital for. Quite some time. How long was I in that state, Nick? Uh, it was 13 days unconscious or, or semi-conscious and then uh, another um, – almost another week in ICU before you were moved up to – that's probably about five days in ICU before you moved up to a high-dependency ward. Right. Yep. But there's um, – for anyone that is or has gone through this or you know someone that's gone through this – um, one of the things that I would say to you is talk to as soon as possible to um, the staff about parking. So we had to pay for parking and I found out very early on that I could get a car parking pass. It cost money but it was a fraction of the cost uh, of parking and I told some of the other people that were in the waiting rooms, same people that I would see day in, day out for all sorts of injuries and they didn't know about it and had been paying a fortune. So that is a bit of a tip. Yeah, I'm guessing not everyone's being told these things because there's a lot more serious things going on. So, oh yeah, or they, yeah, I don't know why because um, it certainly it made it hard. Um, I would go in and I would move the car every two hours, or I would pay. Uh, I think it was eighteen dollars a day, um, which mounts up, which does mount up. So after about the fourth day and. The other thing is when I was just moving the car at two hours, that's tend to be when I'd miss the doctor. So I was getting really frustrated and going, okay, well, I don't know how long you're going to be in this way. way. Do I need to start looking at finances? It's not like you want to think about those things, but you do have to consider lots of lots of different scenarios. Yeah. Things can change very quickly. Yes. So, um, So this is my poem called One Minute. One minute changed the world, yet it stayed the same. The sun rose, cars drove, people to work, life carried on. One minute changed my world. It changed his and hers and theirs and yours. Each moment we felt joy and love and pain, sorrow, devastation and hope sometimes. What ifs plague my thoughts? They don't help and there there are no quantum thoughts to journey back in time to change it. We move forward. Like a snake restricting its prey, my heart feels like it's suffocating. My lungs feel like stones weigh my breath down. My eyes... Oh, it's hard. (laughs) 
my eyes blur with tears of helplessness. Faith is moments of hope. I hold it like a newborn baby, tenderly so that it doesn't break. I pray and feel the love from God, from family and friends who somewhat share my pain and I am grateful and sorrowful and reflect on yesterday, today and tomorrow and keep hope and faith. (sighs) You have a very beautiful way with words, Nicola. (laughs) (sighs) It's been almost a year, but it's still very raw. Yeah, and then now going over all of this, I guess it's all kind of reminded you of it again. I have a lot to be grateful for, so, um, yeah. But, yeah, I had hope. And I think that's the thing that you have to hold on to is you've got to hold on to hope. And I was blessed to have so many people support me through this. Um, Constant check-ins. I had my beautiful friend Mel and Meg who checked in every single day with me. They didn't miss a day. They were there when I needed them, when I needed to cry, vent, anything. And I had lots of other wonderful friends who were checking in on me regularly. People were reaching out, wanting to cook dinners, come and clean my house. Um, so it was really beautiful, even like people that I barely knew, people that um, were friends of yours sent me friend requests just so that they could chat with me to see how you were. And I felt really supported through this. So what that ended up becoming was me telling you all of these wonderful things that people were saying about you. Uh, and I would read them out and I, I had my little routine that when I went into the the hospital um, I would massage your hands, I'd massage your feet and your legs. Um, sometimes I'd be like they ha- had washed your hair so I'd brush your hair because you were getting like a really big dreadlock at the hmm. back. Yeah, it happens. Yep, and unfortunately <laughs> couldn't move your head so I was trying my best to try and work those out. Um, putting on your face creams even, so what? doing all really? those things <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. Just to keep you moisturised because it's really dehydrating in there. They've always got the heater going. So yeah, true. Um, like your hands became all scaly, so I did like hand scrubs and I did a foot scrub and um, <laughs> there was all this stuff going on. And then I would read out what people had um, written during the day about the post the night before. So I'd read those out or anything else people had sent me. Uh, and then um, I would do some hypnotherapy. Mm. <laughs> so I ran Wake some... Wake up. <laughs> You're a chicken. <laughs> How, what does a chicken do, Kim? <laughs> I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I did hypnotherapy sessions about healing and healing of the brain and healing of the body. Um, I started reading a book to you. I was reading Dracula and uh, mm-hmm. I remember there were times that I would be so engrossed in reading and I, I did all the character voices too that doctors would all be standing around looking <laughs> at me and they were needing to like do something or, or do some observation but they didn't want to interrupt me while I was actually <laughs> reading stories <laughs> to you and people saying oh you've got such a nice voice and the nurses saying oh I, I didn't want to go on my break because I wanted to listen to the story <laughs> so um 
So he had all these things going. Yeah, I'm never going to read Dracula <laughs> the same again. Well, I've got to finish the book. I haven't finished reading it to you. Okay, I'm looking forward to it tonight. <laughs> It'll be so relaxing. Um, and and then um, we brought in your music. They At the time, they said that you could listen to music. Uh, this changed a little bit later on, but they said, yep, listen to music was fine. So I put your earphones in. I wasn't mm. sure if you could hear because you had congealed blood in one ear and the other ear you're a little bit deaf on. So we put it in the little bit deaf side because obviously I didn't want to put it in with an ear full of caked blood. But um, we, we had that going or I had the phone near um, your head and um, would run that for you when I wasn't there and, and the nurses would, yeah, just put on like a podcast that went for like, well, not a Spotify mix that went for like nine hours. Right. And then... Um, was I, this the one that you organised? No, that was something I asked. Oh, it was something yeah, later? Yeah, yep. So I asked right. all of our friends to contribute. So I made a shared Spotify list and got people to put songs in that reminded them of you. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was, yeah, there were so many people that um, had all these different songs for you. So Yeah, I still have that playlist. Good. I hope so. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. So that was that was something. Well, music is very important to me. So I did find that very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then you know we had lots of people, all different religions from all over the world, that were praying, sending good vibes, doing whatever it was that they they do, and they were all sending that towards Kim. So it was just really nice. The sense of community that. Uh, we were surrounded by during this time. Mm. Nice. Okay, so what was the next step? I was... Uh, oh, you got pneumonia. Yeah, uh, that yes. was a setback. It was the only day I freaked out. So, oh, The only day. So the initial accident wasn't enough of a I, freaky day? I, this was worse? I kept, I kept it together. Um, during this whole time, I, right. my freak out times would happen when I wasn't in the room with you. I was, or I tried to maintain, like, right. um, and I just remember that, you know, they were bringing you out of sedation and they said, yep, they were definitely bringing you out no matter what. And they, they said that even if you got all upset, they would just restrain you so that you could get over it. And you developed ventilator assisted pneumonia. Which Yay. is very very common. So then that meant I'm guessing that, quite bad. Well, yeah, you have pneumonia and your temperature went up. Um, it was skyrocketing. Your blood pressure was up. Your heart rate was up. Everything was up. And on top of that, uh, something in your liver an enzyme came up, so they couldn't give you paracetamol or Nurofen or anything to bring the temperature down. So you have literally had ice packs underneath your armpits. They had some sort of weird like ventilator cooling blanket on you. Um, we had – I was putting cold compresses on your head and within like two minutes they were hot. And, yeah, it was just really awful to watch you struggle through uh, the pneumonia and, and the fever and – that they couldn't actually bring your heart rate down and they were just they were giving you this medication for this and this medication to bring that down and then something else for something else and and nothing was working and i mean like your heart rate was getting up to like 200 beats per minute um like it was insane the the blood pressure was like 
um, I think we got up to 220 on, I can't remember what the bottom number was, but it was really high and it would set an alert off um, and then the nurses would have to come and make some adjustment to your medication and then hopefully that would settle and this would be constant. This was like this for about three days. It was just really, really hard to see. Um, and yeah, it was probably the only day where I just walked in and just went, I can't deal with this. I'm going, I'm leaving. And I couldn't stay. I couldn't stay. Um, I went out to the beach and had some beach time. That was my, my self-care. And and that's something else that's really important. The doctors were really big on it. They kept saying to me, um, it's our job to keep him alive and keep him safe and getting better. It's your job to keep yourself well, mentally and physically. So I made sure that I ate healthy. I made sure that I um, slept. I did wake up a lot and I would often call ICU to talk to a, uh, the, whoever, whatever nurse was on just to see what your vitals were saying. Uh, and sometimes I did that three, you know, three times a night because that's how often I would wake up and I would just call in to check in. There was nothing I could do, but I just needed to know how you were. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I made sure I did things like go to the beach and um, I did catch up with a couple of people as well because it was important to have people to support you. Yes. It was It's really hard to come home to an empty bed uh, and a cold house. Yeah. Um, it would have been odd. And I was back working. Your mum had flown back and so she took the day shift. So that was great that she was able to take the day shift. The kids came in in between their work and kids and I was there on the night shift. Um, so I'd finished work and pretty much head down. I'd have, I'd have my dinner with me and I could head it up in the microwave down at the hospital. Um, they were really good about things and I would stay there till about nine, between nine and ten at night. And they, they never tried to kick you out. The staff at Flinders Medical Centre were absolutely wonderful, apart from one nurse who was really horrible. But yeah, you know, <laughs> there's you always get, one. There's always one. There's always one. Um, but yeah, 